All right. Thank you, Pastor Doug. Yeah. How you doing? All right. Yeah, so worship is a loaded loaded topic, so it's one of those things. It's like, okay, let's get one good go here this morning. And So actually, my wife and I are going to tag team, um, so I'm going to go for a bit. And then uh, she's obviously looking at the clock about when I started, so... Yeah, so, um, yeah, my name is Jason Leith. I, um, just to give you a little background of who I am, me and my wife, I'm originally from Texas, grew up in Texas, but spent five years in California, too, and back to Texas, and that's all my growing up years, to, um, got saved when I was 16, that's when I moved back to Texas, and um, I was at this church, I mean, I grew up in not really going to church. My parents were believers. But we never really went to church. Um, just you know, special occasions with the church here and there. When the marriage, their marriage got really bad, my mom's like, "Oh yeah, we can't go to church," and we never stuck with it. And so I would, all I have to say, I never, I didn't really grow up in a church. I grew up when we did go it was a Baptist, Southern Baptist church, Sunday school. Was a lot of the time my grandmother would teach, and like to this day, I mean, I can, uh, I can just tell you the reason why I'm, I am walking with the Lord or where I am with the Lord today is because of my grandma. She's just that praying grandma, that patient gra- praying grandma that's just, it really prayed me into the kingdom, and it's just really awesome. So, um, and she's on being with the Lord right now. So, um, but yeah, so I were in Texas, and I, you know, traveled a lot. It was a pretty broken family. My parents divorced twice and separated once. So there was a lot of brokenness there, and a lot of insecurity, a lot of uncertainty, instability, un- and all that kind of stuff, and uh, so when my parents finally divorced the last time, um, we moved back to Texas, moved in with my grandmother, totally a um, booby trap from the Lord. I uh, was moved in with my grandmother because we, I, I, we were desperate. I was very, very depressed. I was very, very suicidal. Um, didn't really know who I was. Didn't really know why I was even alive. I was born. Um, didn't really care. The only reason why I wouldn't... Um, kill myself was because I just knew I'd probably go to hell. And so I didn't want to go to hell. So I didn't do that. And it's like, okay, God, you know. And so my grandmother going to this awesome church that was just totally spirit-filled and just hungry for things of God. And, and um, we call it Rock Hill. It's a small little church. It's just hungry for the Lord and totally impacted by um, what was happening in Toronto, Canada. Back in 95, on Father's Day, God started a huge outpouring uh, in Toronto. This little small air, Toronto Airport Christian uh, Fellowship. It was actually a vineyard at the time. But um, God, just, God just wrecked so many people. It was mainly the church. The church was awakened to love again. Awakened to their first love. Brought back to their first love. Of why are we in ministry? Why are we, you know, call ourselves Christians? You know, what is this all about? It's just totally wrecked us with who he was. He revealed himself as the father. And even the English-British newspapers who got wind of all these people traveling to Toronto. Wow, these people calling, traveling to Toronto. And they even labeled it the father's blessing. And, you know, it was a secular newspaper. And, um, it just really was like what the father was doing in Toronto. It just was the father's, his just pouring out who he was as a, as a dad, as Abba. And not a, not a far off God, but the father that is close and that he desires in relationship. 
And he was doing that and drawing many people, you know, many hungry people that were just kind of like giving up, you know, on being in ministry and went there and just got wrecked again for who our God is and just re-surrendered our lives and just the joy of the Lord came back. The joy to be a follower of Jesus, the joy, the fullness of joy. We got a good taste of the fullness of joy that's in His presence. And uh, if you can imagine with the fullness of joy, fullness of joy, think about what that could look like. And so, uh, this is awesome. So, I this church got mildly impacted by this. And um, I'm, I'll, I'll tie this up to worship in just a minute. But um, they, they, so I went there. My grandma was going there because she was like hungry for God. She was like in her 60s and just like she'd done that been to the Baptist church for so many years, been to so many other churches. She heard about this church, and she was going there and just being like, just sucked into the intimacy with Father, this intimacy with our true daddy. And it's just, and so we went there, I'm like, you know, all I knew was Baptist church, and I knew a little bit about, you know, bands that come and play in church that do these songs, we call them worship songs. And, and so I went there, and I was just like, paradigm. It was like, what is this? You know, this is church. Awesome. Because there's like a band up there, a full band, you know, electric guitar player. The guy was the pastor's son. He was just awesome. With electric guitar and just the band, the full thing. I was like, wow, cool. We can have fun in church. You know, like, that's so awesome. You know, like, and, and then like, what and just the fun in church. It was like what they were singing about and what was happening during worship just wrecked my life. And through that time of worship and music and singing about our Father, who we are as sons and daughters, and what He's done for us, and, and there's so much more, and, and joy, and all this kind of stuff, it sucked me in. I was just wrecked by this revelation of my Father. Because I, you know, I was 16, and we moved all over the place, mostly due to divorce in my family. And, you know, I didn't spend longer than five years in one place growing up. And, you know, I was 16, so it was three different places. But I moved, you know, I started East Texas, moved to West Texas, back to East Texas, back to West Texas, moved to California, then back to uh, East Texas. And that was my years growing up until 16. And, uh, and it's this revelation about God the Father and His faithfulness. Because my dad was an awesome dad. He, I know he loved me so much. My my physical, my earthly father, his amazing dad as far as his, his love for me and his unconditional love for me, but he was, he was um, struggled with being passive and not knowing how to be a father, not knowing, because his dad, his parents divorced and his dad was super busy, and so he did not know how to be a father. He didn't know how to lead a family, to be the leader and to really pursue God and things of God and things of What's truth? What's just? You know, just you know, it's all these things that just are, are trustworthy and all those awesome, godly things. And so he didn't know. And so I grew up with dad. It was very kind of passive, and he would be there, but then he wouldn't because of divorce and, and all this other stuff. And I just saw all this mess. And my mother the same way. My mother was she loved God, and she just would love God, but had a hard time with the church, you know, and so because of our own ways to perceive things, you know, how we can, we get lies, I don't know if you know it, we grow up and we get experiences in your life on this earth, 
And if you don't know it, you're going to believe what that experience tells you. And so whether it's truth or lie, you're going to believe it unless you're mature in the Lord and you can see what is truth and you have the Holy Spirit to reveal what is truth. Otherwise, you just believe your experience and not the Word of God and not what the Father says, not all those things. And so that's what many of us grew up. My mom grew up that way. It's all our perception of issues, you call them, is, you know, how we perceive things. And a lot of things, whether we have a godly belief that is based in truth or an ungodly belief. And that covers everything, every sphere of our life. Whether we, how we relate with each other, with the opposite sex, with kids, with, our, with leaders, our pastors, our bosses at work, how we perceive what they say to us, how they interact with, with us. We you know, can easily assume the, the worst you know, about situation and take it bad. All these things that get messed up in our lives. So anyways, my mom, you know, everybody, like everybody else, they struggle with that. So I went to this church and they're talking about the Father's heart and singing about it. They're singing these songs about intimacy, singing these songs about how beautiful he is and the joy that's in him and how faithful he is and how much he loves us. And, and I got wrecked. And then that, through that worship time, it's when I got saved. I really surrendered my life to God and I got, gave my life to the Lord. I mean, as a young kid, out of fear, I gave my life to the Lord, but I didn't know him. You know, I was out of, yeah, I'll take, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I'll take that, the life that he said, but just so I can get to heaven. That was it. I was just so I can get to heaven, but I'm ready to get this life over with so I can get there. And um, that was just, I was not living out the fullness of life that Jesus purchased for me on the cross. And I didn't know until I went to this church. So through this worship, and so that's why I'm going to share my testimony to you. In worship, that's where I got saved. When worship is where revelation came to me. In worship is where paradigm shifted in my life. And that it awakened my heart's love. And so that's what really worship to me is all about. There's an awakening on the inside. On the inside of it. This is not the outward stuff, my head knowledge of what I know with my head. But do I know it with my heart? Not just my heart, my spirit is alive in him. And so that encounter in worship, I give back to him what he gives to me. And it's just a reciprocal thing in worship. I get, just like the true example of this is many of us know in the book of Revelation, chapters 4 and 5, we get a, 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 a glimpse of heaven. John, the apostle, who, the many, um, who who's said to be the beloved of, of Jesus, who rested his head on his chest, was amazingly blessed with this revelation, the book of Revelation. This love of, love, lover of Jesus. In the book of Revelation, chapters 4 and 5, it talks about the heavenly host. You see these 24 elders, these living creatures burning before God. And, and then you see songs, you know, these songs. And then are they just going through the motions? You know, it says they, they, get, they sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of mine who was and is and is to come. And then they, boom, they fall face down. You see them cashing their crowns on the floor. Why? And you see them get back up again and see it again, and it happens again and again. Do you think they ever get tired of that? You know, does it ever get old? And you think about that like, it's not. And why? 
And you see that this wave after wave of revelation of who the Father. They get back up. These elders, living creatures, like, oh, they look at him like, oh, my gosh, he's holy again. And, oh, my goodness, how wonderful he is. They fall down like, I just can't handle this. It's going to seem like, you know, and they get back up. You are holy. holy. I cast my crown before you. And they get back. It's like, oh, my gosh. And they get, get up against you. Oh, my, how kind you are. And then just like, get down. And it's just like, uh, it just gets blown away. The, the, the amount of just this tidal wave, tsunami, just boom, the kindness of God. Boom, the, the justice in his heart. Boom, the goodness in his heart. Boom, how he's a father. Boom, how he's a leader. Boom, how he's the commander of the host of the armies of heaven. Boom, all of these things are who he is. goes on and on and on and on and on. The revelation of Jesus. The revelation of our Father. And how awesome that is. And that's why sometimes we sing songs here. I want more. I want, I'm going to see again and again be blasted by what these guys in heaven are getting blasted by. Because there's so much more. I don't have it figured out. I don't have this all figured out. There's so much more. That's what the hell word holy, when you sing holy, that means other than. He's other than anything that the greatest thought that I could ever think, he's greater. The greatest comprehension, the greatest understanding revelation that I can have in my heart, he's more so. He's other than. And so there's so much more. There's so much more to understand or have understanding of the goodness of who he is. So um, I got saved at 16. I gave my life at 16 in this church. Wrecked by the Father's heart of God. Oh, wrecked by His faithfulness. I remember uh, during the service of one of the ser- Friday night services, they called them renewal services, and just they would speak on the Father's heart of God. They would just be, you know, here we are. Who are you, Father? First of all, we recognize we have a very little glimpse of you as a Father, and we know this more, and here I am. Because I can't live life, I can't do my job well, I can't love well without fully knowing more of you. Being refreshed in who you are. You are my source, my fountain of life. So here I am, so that I can be your son, to the fullness of the sonship that I can be. And um, so there's a long time period in my high school years. I, I wanted to take that to my high school, so I started this alive group. I called it Alive. It's being alive in the Lord, doing the things, right? Like going out, praying for the sick, you know, or just getting prophecy, prophetic words for students. And I was so young in the Lord. I was so insecure. I was like, I want to do this, but how do we do this? You know, I just want to do it, but how do we do this? You know, like, and so it was, you know, it was not so successful, but um, <laughs> so I graduated high school. I'm like, okay, I'm glad we're done with that. You know, like, <laughs> but, uh, and so after that, I wanted to see what was next. I didn't. I knew the call of my life was not just to do the normal thing of like, okay, let's go to college, you know, get, get in debt, you know, and you know, so then I can get a good job to pay off my debt, you know, and I just, that's, that's not what for me was the, the call of my life. And so God just drew back to me and revealed going up to Toronto to the uh, Mecca, whatever you want to call it, like... Of where this all started for many people, many churches, you know. Um, and so I went to school ministry there. They have a school ministry in Toronto. And so in 2001, I graduated high school in 2000. And in 2000, the spring of 2001, I went up to Toronto. I applied. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I waited forever to hear back from them. I'm like, am I going to go? What am I going to do? And finally, he was like, oh, yeah, you're coming. I'm like, let's go. 
sold my car, worked hard, got us money. I was like, I'm going, you know, like, and if I come back, that's up to the Lord, whatever, I'm going. And so I went, and again, just they unpacked intimacy with God. Period. You know, they call it, at the time, they call it the school of the heart. That we would grow into um, what the promise is. And many of the prophets of the Old Testament, uh, Ezekiel, say, I want to give you, speaking to Israel, but it's for all of us, the heart, to give you a heart of flesh. You know, take away the heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. And what's in that, what Jesus did for us on the cross. But like unpacking that. And not just unpacking that, but having a relationship with Holy Spirit who is going to unpack that with us. Because like, I can't change myself. We can't change ourselves. If we can do that, we don't need Jesus. You know? We do. We so need Him to grow. We so need Him to be who He's called us to be. And that's why He's given the spirit of truth, the spirit of counsel. Holy Spirit. And so through the school, I just impact, you know, unpacked the intimacy, what that looks like. Into me you see. Being uh, transparent with no walls, no rev, uh, reservations. That I would be fullness of what he has. So that's in the school of the heart, we just unpack how to hear God's voice, how to prophesy, how to just going through a week called Healing Life's Hurts, and how to understand what's going on in the heart. And just the intimacy of the revival, the outpouring that's happening up there with the, with the Father heart of God. And just, it's awesome. And so that's my testimony. I, mean, I went to the school um, for six months, five months, and then they asked me to be on staff at the school, which I was a small group leader, outreach leader. And that next school is when Elizabeth came as a student. And... Um, no, there was no student staff person thing going on here. We were acquaintances in that school. She came as a student. I was on staff. I had um, my group of guys that we went through together with the school. And um, so I was there for five months. She came as a, as a student. And then that, that, we were there for years. My total time in Toronto was a year and a half of being student staff. And Elizabeth was there for a year doing the school of heart and the worship school she did. And separately, we uh, decided... And very independently, not knowing what's going on with each other, uh, wanted to apply for the internship program they had to the school. And that internship program was to get placed at a church, to get experience, to walk out things that you've learned, basically give away what you've learned and get experience. And so we separately applied for this church in England. Because um, I had went to England on my, on my outreach. Part of the school, you go on outreaches. And we went to England on my, my outreach. And so I met this church and went. So anyway, long story short, we applied and both got accepted. They wanted two people. I'm like, whoa, okay. So both of us went as acquaintances. And um, then at school we got there and like, hey, okay, let's do this. Hi, Elizabeth. My name is Jason. You know, like, and uh, there's no, like, just first time. And just we, we were thrown into leading a youth group, actually starting and leading a youth group. <laughs> there wasn't much going on for the youth. And so... Uh, we were given to start one and to lead one. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was like a challenge. It was awesome. Except for the first five months, we just butted heads like crazy. We were not friends. <laughs> like, what do you say that? We were just like trying to like get through this. 
together in one piece, like, okay, why are you getting offended? And a lot of times it was me getting offended or whatever. Because you'll see, if you know us, we're pretty different. You, you know that. I'm very more like, I don't know, soft-hearted or whatever. And she's strong. <laughs> I thought she's not soft-hearted. So, <laughs> Back up there. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Like, she's secure, insecure, you can say, whatever. <laughs> but she's just, she grew up in a family with, you know, her parents were awesome. Her in, her, my in-laws are awesome. Her parents were just awesome, poured love into her, made secure who she was. So she grew up as a natural leader and secure in being a leader, stepping out. I didn't have that springboard growing up. So I was learning to have my security, just God's love for me, period, and the springboard from that. And she was already walking that easier than I was. And so I got a lot of, a lot of offense happening, like, wow, man. And anyways, so it took us about five months to work things through, and after a while, um, we realized I actually became really good friends. We spent a lot of time in this coffee shop. I hope so, right? Yeah, like... <laughs> We spent a lot of time in this coffee shop talking things through why you offended Jason. Uh, just, I'm offended? You know, like... <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that was just awesome. Dealing, thing, dealing with things in the heart, dealing with things and what's going on, and talking things through about father heart love, and, and just knowing who I was, and being secure I was, and sharing my heart, and not worried about her being offended either, you know, because she wasn't. And anyway, long story short, just to speed up the process, as you know, things changed. And then after a while, after like one month, I've called my parents like, I don't know how I'm going to do this with Elizabeth this year. Pray for us. Two months later, uh, Elizabeth, that relationship, it's kind of changed, you know. Like, and my dad explained the whole process of like, God was just really doing something there. By the end of that year, we're just, I, by six months, seven months into it, we realized God's doing something really interesting here and making best friends. And we really were best friends at that point. And just, anyways, we went to England. She can fill in some blanks later on. But we ended up back in Richmond. Well, she's from Richmond. I'm from Texas. I went to Texas, focused on my, my family, to impart to my family some. And God opened all the doors to be up here. And I went through uh, eight years of being being in construction, learning a trade. So I learned a trade for a long time. As well as I was a part-time intercessory missionary at Right Hope, as it is now, uh, for two and a half years. And then came here as a campus minister. And then now here I am as a worship pastor. So so there's background a little bit. But um, one thing, so we're talking about worship here. And unpacking what worship is amongst us and what Jesus did on the cross that gave us access to more, to what, was a, what his intentional heart was for worship, or you could say relationship with God. It's kind of like an, uh, part two of what Nicole was talking about last week, about relationships. And so um, God truly walked us through that. And so that worship is... A, a, in my break it down simple terms is a, a conversation with the Lord and simply a responsing, responding to the Lord the simple things of a, of a genuine heart and response to God is worship 
Otherwise, if it's not a genuine heart response, it's not really worship because it's just words, empty words. And so that's the, 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 the pursuit of is awakened hearts. The pursuit of God, yes, have your way with me. That's why we sing songs, have your way today, Lord. Consuming fire, have your way in my heart. Because I don't want to be dead on the inside. I don't want to be dead on the inside. I don't want to live life superficially. I don't want to just calm do the motions. I don't want to just do it because that's what everybody else does. I want, I'm here, on this, not just in Sunday morning, but everything in my life is because out of genuine heart relationship with the Father, how He desires to walk us through that. To live out the promises that He bought for us. To live it out, to be the son, to be the, the daughter's of what he has purchased for us, that he would receive the inheritance that he purchased is with us, living out sons and daughters. And so that, so just unpack that a little bit. Um, and uh, there's just so much you could say about worship. And um, basically there's a lot of questions that I was challenged with with the Lord about worship and about what, me and what us as a church and the church in general, what do we believe? Do we believe that what we do matters? Do we, do we believe what we sing matters? Do we believe what we can give, what we live out in life can, makes a difference? You know, and so I'm going to just talk about worship, because that means everything in life, but I want to just talk about specifically in worship, songs, the lyrics and playing music instruments, what that does. Do we believe that makes a difference? Is it just fun? Is it just, you know, cool sounds? You know, great lyrics, you know, and is it more than that? Or is it just that? And the intent of God is is very intentional. He's not passive. He's not just going through the motions. He hasn't just placed things in order to just be there kind of you know, okay, yes, fun. You know, it's very intentional with us. And so what we do is live out a life in relationship with Him. It's be very intentional. I just want to point out Isaiah 30. Isaiah 30. Isaiah. Verse 18. I'm going to read that from uh, actually a bit of amplified version and therefore the lord earnestly waits expecting looking and longing the lord is okay remember this this is what it says the lord earnestly waits the lord earnestly is expecting looking and longing to be gracious to you therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you for the lord is like god of justice Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for Him, who expect and look and long for Him, for His victory, His favor, His love, His His peace, His joy, His matchless, unbroken championship, is what it says. Our, O people, this is God saying this, O people who dwell in Zion, a at Jerusalem. You will weep no more. 
Oh, this is the prophet saying. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he, when he hears it, he will answer you. So do you believe, first of all, that God hears you? Secondly, do you believe you can move him, move his heart? That, you know, in your relationship, personally, and corporately, is harvest renewal. Do we believe first, when we come on Sunday mornings or other meetings, do we first believe he's amongst us? And do we believe he hears us? And do you believe that you can move the heart of God? And when we sing songs, do we believe that, you know, when we say, God, we want you, we want more of you? Do you believe God is a good giver? That when you ask of Him, He's not going to give you something back. He's going to give of Himself. He's not just going to give you double portion. He's not just going to give you triple portion. He gives without measure. Without measure, He gives. So do we believe that? Do we believe we can move the heart of God? Do we believe that we can shift the atmosphere and the spirits? See, the Greek mindset separates everything. The Greek mindset, there's like your body over here, your soul over here, and your mind. You know, and you can deal with individual things. But the Hebrew mindset is they're all intertwined. Everything's intertwined. That's why sometimes we have problems in our physical body that is tied to something else. And spiritual, some ungodly belief, what Cindy was talking about, God's speaking to her heart about something. It's all intertwined. So believe when we sing songs in the physical, when we sing songs and play music, do we believe that shifts things, that shifts the atmosphere. So I better hurry up. My wife's got to talk to you. Uh, you can see in 2 Kings 3.15. 2 Kings 3.15. Elijah calls for a musician to play music so that he can prophesy. Yeah, it's like Bill this morning. You see, in 2 Kings 3.15, they say, go get a musician. Go get him, you know, so I can prophesy. You see, in 1 Samuel 16.22.23, I'm kind of going through these fast. You can flip with me if you want to. But Saul sent for Jesse, saying to David... Um, let David remain in my service, for he pleases me. And when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took a some kind of instrument and played it. So Saul was refreshed and became well, and the evil spirit left him. When just David played an instrument, he played the harp or whatever, and the, the things shifted in atmosphere. Things shifted, bring deliverance over somebody, bring healing over somebody. Do we believe that? This is real. This is natural. So all this is say is kind of the wet your palate a little bit about why we come to services, why we come to Sunday morning. Is, you know, we sing songs that would shift the atmosphere, not just in our personal selves, not just here in Harvest Renewal, but also in the city, in the streets, in this area. That we sing songs that shift things, that awaken our hearts, that revelation of the Father's love would come to a brokenhearted person, that they would get to know the love. They would get taste of healing in, in, in their life, or in their soul, in their heart of brokenness. As somebody would get healed on the streets from just having a, 
a broken arm. You know, or what, there's, there's no limits to God. There's no limit. And so that when we sing songs, we, we, we release things. And I'm just here to give you these different scriptures. There's so many more I could talk to you about. But um, like, we can shift things. We know God. Know God in our midst. Do we want to know God in our midst? This is the question. He's a God that will come to you regardless. But he's a very, he, he wants to come to the hungry. Are we hungry to receive it? When I, was in, I went to Ukraine as part of my missions trip, and I led worship, not knowing one thing about Russian or know one thing about speaking Ukrainian. But like, I, would lead, I would lead worship with this one guy in this really like place that was run down. They had very little. And we get up there, and just as soon as we started to strum, to sing whatever song, they didn't even know what song we were going to sing. They were just like, they were, yeah, they're just like, they're shouting this love in God. And it's just so genuine, too. It's just like, wow, you guys are leading me into worship right now. It's like, it was just so awesome. And because it's like, they are so hungry. And that's the God desire. He desires to meet with the hungry. He desires to meet with those who want it. You know, and so if that's the question for all of us, a challenge every day to not get in the rut, not get into like this, I'm stuck and just going through the motions. Because we miss it. We miss, if our hunger would meet the moment, we could have encounter. If our hunger could meet the moment, we could have encounter. What does encounter look like? In so many ways. It doesn't just look like joy and laughing. It, it does look like that. But it also does look like amazing revelation of the Father's love is weeping and crying. Or it looks like I got healing in my body. Or it looks like whatever. Are we, do we want it? Lim- limitless hand of God. He's a God that gives without measure. Do we want it? Do we desire it? And it comes in so many ways. For hunger would meet the moment. No matter if I know the song or not. No matter if it's a style of worship that I like. No matter if, like, if Ben's playing bass or not. No matter if, like, whatever. Like, I... I want God. I want to know God. I want to be in relationship. I want to be in fellowship. I want to know Him more. And I want to honor Him more. There's a reciprocal relationship. And no matter what it sounds like, I'm entering in. No matter if there's feedback, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, like, seriously, like, we press in the true heart of worship to meet with a father that loves to be with his children. So uh, my wife's going to take over right now. So come on up. The pretty one. So... Um, you know, we just really felt, you know, in coming into this, that it was important for you guys just to understand where we come from, you know, just, you see us up there, you see us in worship, but many of you don't know us, many of you don't understand, you know, where we're coming from in the place of worship. And so, um, I want to give a little my testimony in regards to worship, um, and just how it, it relates into all this. Like he said, I grew up in an amazing family, um, just in and around ministry. My father is a pastor, and just, you know, that was kind of the norm for me. I grew up just knowing all everything about Christianity. and um, But for me, it was one of those things. It was like when I started getting a little bit older, when I got into my teenage years, um, I kind of got to this place where I was just bored with Christianity. You know what I mean? It was like... 
yeah, I believe that it's true, but it hasn't captured my heart. It hasn't done anything to really, really majorly change me. Yeah, I believe it, and I want to do the right thing. I mean, deep down, I, I want to do the right thing. But, you know, I started kind of getting into just veering off the path a little bit. Just, and especially, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, as the way that we were created, we were created to be fascinated. You know, we were created to, to view the throne of God and, and, and to see what the, the angels see. But we're most of the time so bored that we just end up, you know, and the, the enemy knows that we're created to be fascinated. And so he's created all these things that if we don't get fascinated by God, we're going to be fascinated by the things of the world. I was, I, you know, I started getting into extremely ungodly music. Music has always been a huge thing for me. So I was, you know, 14, 15 16 and just, you know, I mean, music that I had to listen to with my headphones because I didn't want my parents to hear it, you know, that kind of thing. But I was drawn. There was something there that I was drawn to. And yeah, it was the kingdom of darkness. It wasn't the kingdom of light. But I wasn't, I wasn't being fed anything that, that really grabbed me, you know, as far as, as Christianity. And so basically, I, I really did start kind of getting off the, onto the wrong path. And you know, it's just totally the mercy of God. But I, you know, I was 16. Our church did a lot of missions. So I decided I was going to go on the missions trip just for fun, you know. And it's kind of like, a, you know, it sounded like the cool thing to do. So um, part of what they were doing with the missions trip, where they were, there was this church. And Jason mentioned the, um, the church that he had gone to when he was a teenager that was impacted by Toronto. Well, this was a similar church, but in Richmond, you know. And uh, the similar kind of thing that they were really being impacted by the Holy Spirit, what the move of the Holy Spirit at that time, mid 90s. And so we decided, as part of our mission trip, well, to get ready for the trip, we're going to go to these meetings that they were having in the evenings. And so, you know, I go, I get there, and, um, you know, I had never experienced anything like this. I grew up, I mean, we, I grew up in a, you know, a church that believed in the gifts and everything, but there wasn't a lot really going on in that way. And so, you know, I come from a long line of intellectuals. You know, I'll just say that right out. And so, for me, the default is my mind, you know. And, you know, the thing I've learned since is if you try to approach God with a mind, with an intellectual mind that hasn't been submitted to the Spirit, then you're going to be in trouble. Because it's, you know, it just ends up being the way that seems right to a man. You end up just, you know, everything's in here. And so I spent the first half of that meeting just totally, like, criticizing, this is weird, what's up with these people, and, you know, that whole thing. But, you know, it was, for me, it was, I was young enough, and I was hungry enough to encounter something real with God. Because, you know, I saw these people seem like they're, you know, yeah, it's weird on the one hand. On the one hand, I was being really critical, but on the other hand, I was kind of, like, intrigued, you know, and so... You know, I don't remember what they spoke about or anything, but um, for whatever reason, you know, I was, I was hungry. So at the end, I went up for prayer when they had everybody, come, whoever wanted to come up, could come up. The guy comes that's, that's praying for people. I mean, he wasn't even, like, he hadn't even touched me. I mean, he, he just came towards me, you know, like this. And I just, boom, you know, just back on my back. And I was, I was just out. Like, and it wasn't like an open vision. It wasn't like, but it was just this presence of the Lord that was just 
you know, I couldn't get I couldn't get up if I tried. And I mean, it was like I lay there, I lay there, and they were like ready to leave. They were turning the lights out. My my sister and my friend like carried me out, put me in the car. You know, they they took me from the car, laid me in my bed, took my shoes off, turned the light out. You know, it was just like. And I remember laying there in my bed, just like I couldn't move, but I didn't want to. It was like the sweetest, most amazing presence of the Lord. You know, it was just, there was just, you know, I'd, all I wanted to do was just lay there. And I didn't want any, I didn't want it to leave ever. I didn't want it to change ever. Like, I just wanted just that to keep that presence of the Lord. And, you know, for me, worship has always come down to an encounter with the Lord. I wasn't able to worship in spirit and truth until I encountered who he was. Because before that, it was just all facts and knowledge. And for me, worship has always been, I encounter the Lord, and then he calls me to a response. And for me, even at the, you know, 16, 17, when, when all this was happening, God got a hold of my life, the, the first thing I did, I got rid of all my ungodly CDs. I didn't want anything. I didn't want to hear anything that didn't push me towards God. You know, I, I made a commitment to, to not date, to just save myself till God brought me my husband. I just it was like, it, everything in my life was transformed. And my response to him wasn't just, well, I'm going to sing more songs. No, my response to him was my life is going to be consecrated. My life is going to be set apart, you know? And it's like, for me, a lot of it has been, you know, I can't just... You know, and it's part of just who I am, like, truth, like, this truth thing. Like, I can't live one way during the week and then come to church and sing, like, songs to him about, God, I give you my life and all this. You know, like, I just, to me, it's, it has to go to the very deepest part of you. It has to go, um, you know, I have here, worship is our response to God. To the extent that we've encountered God's love, Mercy, forgiveness, presence, and the list goes on and on. That's the extent that we will give ourselves in worship. And that's why at this church, I mean, you may hear us talk about encounter a lot. And you may be like, what's up? Why do they always talk about encounter? We believe that in order to truly do what we've called to do, we have to encounter God. You know, and as a church, you know, we're not at, at a place as a church that every Sunday everybody, everybody leaves saying, Oh, I've encountered God in such a powerful way. But we're believing that that's where we're going. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to be like, oh, well, just because maybe only one or two people really encountered powerfully by God, well, that, we're not where we need to be. No, we're go, that's where we're going. That's where we're going as a church. We're, we're contending for encounter, that we would have heart revelation of who God is, and that that would in turn cause us to worship Him, not only in our song and in, on Sunday morning at our meetings, but that our life would be transformed. That even in the secret places of my heart during the week when I'm, I'm going through and somebody offends me, am I going to take them and stew over it? I'm going to allow it to ruin my whole day and I'm going to be critical. And I'm gonna, No, because I'm consecrated to God, no, I'm going to bless that person. I'm, I'm living my life as a sacrifice to you, God. I'm, gonna, I'm living my life as worship to you. So in the deepest places, the meditations of, of my mind and my heart. God, I'm going to worship you in that place. God, I'm going to choose what is right in your sight because I love you. Not because, you know, not because I have to. You know, and that's, this, this is the whole thing. It's not, 
pleasing God, living a life that pleases Him in order to gain love. Because if we're doing that, it's just works. And it's just, it's, it's, we're loved. You know, and the encounter is we, we have that revelation of His love. And so our response is to live a life of love to God. Our response, it's not, it's not just dead works. It's, no, I'm going to love you back, God, because you've done so much for me. Um, and I thought it was really cool that you read that verse because I have the exact same verse right here. And I want to read it again because I feel like um, it just fits so good. Romans 12:1 it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your mem- members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. And like Jason said, it's spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, it's the whole of who I am being offered up as something to Him that's pleasing. Because at the end of the day, that's what I'm created for. I was created to enjoy Him and be enjoyed by Him and just to live in that that amazing fellowship. Um, you know, and I, I found out sometime later that my name means set apart for God, consecrated to God, or worshiper of God, which, you know, for me was, was really powerful because I know that that's part of my life message. But it's not just for me. God calls all of us to that. God calls all of us to that consecrated lifestyle where because of what he's done for us, because of who he is, that we, we're just so full. You know, we're just so full. And if we're not full, you know, if, if, if I'm talking to you and you're like, I don't feel like I've received revelation. I don't feel like I, I'm full. In fact, I feel pretty empty. In fact, I, I feel pretty, you know, oblivious to who God is. Well, then that's my encouragement to challenge you to contend for revelation. You know, don't just be like, oh, well, that's just for her. You know, she's, you know, or that's just for a few people. No, this is for everyone. Don't let your past experience, don't let the past disappointments bring you to that place where you're like, well, I'm just going to, you know, just assume that it's not for me. It's just for everybody because I've tried or I've... No, if, if you've had disappointments, press through. Continue to press through. Continue to submit your mind, your heart, your body, everything to the, to the will of God, to the Spirit of God. Um, another verse that I just wanted to read. Um, it says, First um, Peter two nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You know, and I was saying, you know, when we don't, when we haven't experienced the fullness of that light, then sometimes we tend to cling to the darkness because we're going to be fascinated one way or the other. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like, yeah, I can say I've, I've allowed myself to be fascinated by the darkness, or even if it's just the things of this world, you know, just spending hours upon hours just watching just in front of the TV, you know, or whatever. I mean... It, it seems harmless, but is it distracting us from pressing through with the Lord and pressing through to, to the way He wants to fascinate us? And um, 
the last thing, I'm just going to say one more little thing because I know we're running out of time. Um, is this. Um, you know, we can, we can choose to walk in God's ways of righteousness and He honors that and blesses us. You know, whether we do it regardless of what our motivation is. But I had something happen with my daughter. If you have kids, you know that it's it's hard sometimes to get them to do stuff like cleaning, you know, that kind of thing. And you do different things with your kids. You'll offer them rewards or you'll, you know, you're going to get in trouble if you don't do it or, you know, very many different things that you use as a parent. But my daughter, Eden, the other day, she was just, she had her little, like, rag out and she was just going around and just wiping things, you know. And I was like, hey, babe, what are you doing? I'm cleaning. And I was like, okay, why are you cleaning? She's like, or no, she no, I didn't even ask her. She said, Mommy, do you want to know why I'm cleaning? And I said, why? She said, I just want to please you. You know, and it was like God spoke to me. And he said, you know, my people, they, they do, they walk in the ways of righteousness. But those that do choose to walk in the ways of righteousness. You know, some of them do it because they know that there'll be rewards for that. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible talks about rewards, you know, and... He says some of it will, some people do it because they know that, you know, things will go better for them if they do. The Bible talks about that. You know, if you, if you, if you sow into righteousness, you're going to reap good things. And so that, there's nothing wrong with that. But he said, when you do these just to please my heart, when you choose this lifestyle for the sole motivation of saying, God, I want to bless you. I just want my life. I want everything I choose, everything I do to bless you. Not to earn your love but because I already have your love, and I just want to give you back. I just want to bless you. To me, that's worship. And so that's what it always comes back to for me. God, not, it's not just about being up here or being... No, it's a lifestyle for me, and that's always what it's been. So we want to give opportunity to respond to that. Oh, thanks, Adam. You're awesome. Uh, to respond to the, the word of just basically the end of the day of our hearts awakened and taking our life seriously before God and to, to shake off things that get in the way, whatever, and have a whole heart and relationship and go hard for God and all that He has to live it out. And so we want to take time to respond to that. Um, it's about 12.05. And so what we have, you know, most people... No, here at church we have what we call a prayer ministry team. And they are a team of people that we have at the end of service for you to respond to what God's doing in your life and to receive prayer. Because we take it seriously at a church to not just, you know, come, have a good service, and hear a good word and go home and uh, life is whatever. But you can actually respond to what God's revealing to you and you have a place to go where it's safe to receive prayer for whatever it is in your life. Just to whatever shaking off things that hold you back, shaking off things that are just weighing you down, the burdens of the Lord, or if it's physical you know, illnesses, or you know, you get prayer for healing. So uh, there's a prayer ministry team. We want to come up here. And I invite everybody to stand with me. You know, Lisa's going to just play some worship and play some nice shifting the atmosphere for, uh, in love. So I invite you, I'm going to pray and invite you to come respond. Say, I just want more. I want to be loose of things. 
I want to go deeper in the heart of the Father. I want to go deeper in His goodness.